morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Quincy Burgraff. I am the youngest Burgraff child. I am the favorite Burgraff child. I, <laughs> I can say that because my brother isn't here. Um, for those of you who are regular attenders, you probably know many embarrassing stories about me. My dad likes to use me as sermon illustrations. And so when the elders asked me if I would speak, I thought... This is my one opportunity to get payback. So today we'll be learning about the life of Tom and his most embarrassing moments. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I am also the middle school and high school youth director here at Bethany. So every week I get the chance to hang out with some of Gunnison's finest middle school and high school students. Quick shameless plug while I have the stage. If you are in middle school and high school and I don't know you, I would love to get to know you. So come talk to me after the service. We do a lot of fun things. The group we have likes to call themselves the God Squad. They're a group of difference makers. We just stayed up with them all night for 12 hours. It was so much fun. So come talk to me. I'll take you out to lunch and we'll get you plugged in. Um, Join me in prayer as we start. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to gather and worship you, Lord. I ask that you stand in my body, speak through my flesh, and let the words that you have for these people come through me today. Lord, I ask that you give us the ears to listen and the hands to put what we've learned into action. I thank you for this group that follows you, and in your name we pray. Amen. Cool. So let's get started. I think this morning we're going to talk about when things don't go as planned. And I think it's important to look at that, especially the second week of the new year. Um, I think, has has anybody heard the expression new year, new me? Show of hands. So many people have been saying that to me, new year, new me. And it's this idea that we leave our old selves in 2015 and bring our new selves into 2016 and all that stuff we don't like about ourselves or what we're doing is left in 2015. And I think it's a great concept, but I also think that um, Jesus in uh, John 16:33 says, for in this world, you will have troubles, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This is the first thing you see when you open the door to my apartment, because I know that some days when they're awful, that it's okay because I have a God who has conquered it all. And so God warns us that life may not always be easy. And so this morning, I think it's great to have a foundation of what to do when things fall apart, when your life doesn't go as planned. So when you came in, you should have had a puzzle piece on your seat. Um, If you didn't, I would check your neighbor's pocket. They probably were trying to put them together. Um, Does anybody not have a puzzle piece? Okay, cool. So like I said, I work with the youth ministry department, and I think when we're talking to students, it's, we like to make it a little more visual. Um, so for those of you thinking you're missing out on this thing called the God Squad, you are, but here's like 20 minutes of what it looks like every week to be a part of the God Squad. So when we look at these puzzle pieces, I like to think of my life like a puzzle, Um, And each piece goes together to make this beautiful image. And sometimes putting the puzzle together can be a little complicated. Uh, The end of my high school career here, the beginning of my college career, I was 
a great puzzle maker. I gathered all these pieces to make an image of what I wanted my life to look like. So right now I want you to think of what you want your life to look like. What is that image you have that you're gathering pieces to put it together? Um, If you wouldn't mind throwing that picture up. This is what I wanted my life to look like. This is my puzzle right here. You can see it on the screen. When I was going into college, this was the life that I was trying to gather pieces to make. Um, it's obviously not Gunnison, and I think that's the, the biggest thing. I never wanted to be here. Um, <laughs> it, it, sorry, guys. Um, yeah, it's not Gunnison. I, I like to think my house is this one on the right. It's, that, it's pretty plush. It was probably on MTV Cribs. For those of you who are a bit younger, it was featured, definitely. It's big. Um, what else is on my puzzle? Me and my husband, we're in there. We're the, we're the perfect couple in there watching New Girl or whatever on Netflix. These are, these are my kids right there. You can see them. There's three of them, two boys and a girl. I didn't realize the girl, it was a girl until they like blew it up, but it's a girl. <laughs> two, <laughs> two boys and a girl, and they're so happy playing in the leaves. That's that dog. They're playing with my neighbor's dog because Lord knows that would not be my dog. We would not have a dog, but that's, that's our neighbor's dog. And my neighbors are those people cooking s'mores for us they're cooking them for us so so um that was the life I wanted um the perfect house the perfect family the perfect husband the perfect kids the perfect place that wasn't Gunnison and so I left here um five year, five or five-ish years ago after college or after high school to go to college and I decided that to gather these pieces, I would need to be in Southern California at a small private Christian college because that's where you meet the best friends, the best people, the best guys. This is how I was going to get it. So I was gathering pieces, the, like different areas of my life. So I thought, okay, I'm going to get the best major. I'm going to be a communications major because it's so, like, you, it can, you can do so much with it. And I started gathering my pieces. So I probably should have gotten a degree in gathering pieces because I was really good at it. Um, so I gathered and gathered and gathered, and I made sure I was hanging out with the right people, studying to get good grades, to meet the right people. I, um, it was towards the, the summer after my junior year. I had the majority of my pieces. There was just a few that were still missing. And it was the summer after my junior year. I got engaged, and um, it, was, it was the last pieces that I needed to complete this image. So I had them all. I held all these pieces that I had been gathering in my hands, and I was so excited thinking, this is it. All I have to do is put them together to make this image and have that life I wanted. And so I, I like, had them. I, it was the, I was going to my senior year and just putting it together and just, just waiting waiting for this image to be complete. And um, I went home during a tough time with my family to be with them, and I came back to find that... Oh, that's pretty, like, symbolic that I dropped that. <laughs> to, to find that um, my, my then-fiancé had cheated on me while I was away and had not only called off the wedding but called off the whole relationship. So my whole puzzle at that moment shattered. All the pieces I had were, were gone and I had no idea what to do. Um, so I did what I knew how to do. I started gathering pieces and 
picking up pieces to rebuild this image because this was the image I had known. This was the image I had wanted. This was the image that I had came so close to getting. So there, after that happened, I just, I just started picking up pieces and picking up pieces. And I, try, I found myself trying to build something that I couldn't have because the pieces weren't there. Has anybody ever like broken a glass vase? I know I have. And so me and my brother try to glue it back together to like make it look the way it looks. But everybody who's like tried to glue together something that's completely broken knows that you can never get it back to what it looked like before. And that's where I was. Um, I have an old friend. His name is Jerry. He kind of went through something similar as I did. So if you wouldn't mind joining me in Lamentations 3, um, if you don't have a Bible, like my dad says, um, you do now. So grab the one under the seat in front of you. And let's read what he has to say. He says, The thought of my pain and homelessness is bitter poison. I think of it constantly, and my spirit is depressed. The thought of my pain and homelessness is bitter poison. I think of it constantly, and my spirit is depressed. The first part of this verse shows us that Jeremiah is depressed when he thinks of his broken pieces. And I can easily relate to him because every time I thought of my situation or how I just was holding this mess of broken pieces, I was not thrilled. Um, However, if we keep reading um, in Lamentations uh, 3, 21 through 26, he says, Yet hope returns when I remember this one thing. The Lord's unfailing love and mercy Still continue, fresh as the morning, sure as the sunrise. The Lord is all I have, so in him I put my hope. In college, I had this really dramatic roommate who used to think she was having the worst day ever if they, like, didn't have her favorite slice of pizza. And me and and my roommate, Summer, every time she'd be like, this is the worst day ever, we'd be like, well, did Jesus stop loving you? And her response would always be no, so therefore it couldn't be the worst day ever. Um, But it was just, like, a kind of a joke that we used to say, but it's so clear that in Lamentations that Jeremiah says, when I remember that God's unfailing love and mercy is fresh as the morning sunrise, he's like, fine. He, he is okay, that he still has hope. Um, one of my favorite pastors, his words stick through my head. He says that During our crisis, we have to remember that Christ is still Christ. That when all your pieces fall apart, when your puzzle shatters, to remember that Jesus is on the throne and there are like no sirens going off in heaven. The angels aren't like running around panicked, even though we might be here, that God knows what's going on. He he knows what's happening and he's not surprised at all by by your situation. And so I think that's just a great image to have to say like, Even though here is chaos, even though here I have no idea what's going on, Christ is still Christ in my crisis. It's kind of a tongue twister. I practiced that one. But um, I think that if we want to change the way we think and have a better life, we need to shift our focus. And there's there's two things to look at, um, and it's the truth versus the facts. 
And I think a lot of the times in this world, we think of the, the facts. We think, my life sucks because of this, this. Am I allowed to say sucks in church? Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> okay. Um, we think my life is bad because of this, this, and this. Normally, I talk to youth, so we use a little bit of different language. But um, all appropriate, though. So send your kids our way. Um, <laughs> Okay, so we focus on, sorry, the facts versus the truth, and we look at everything that's going wrong. So in my situation, the fact was I got dumped. My, this boy told me I was not worth it. He didn't want me, right? And so that's all I was focusing on, the facts of my situation. But Jesus tells us, no, focus on the truth that I think you're worth dying for that I have a plan for you and even though you're not worth it to him you're worth it to me to give my life or maybe your fact is that someone hurt you and your puzzle fell apart just like mine did but the truth is that God loves you and he calls you his and you are loved by a king who always wants the best puzzle the best life for you Um, or the fact could be that your world might be like coming crashing down around you Um, And you will go through trials and it will be be hard. But the truth is that you don't have to face any of that alone. That there's a God who's already paved the way for you. And who already says, hey, don't worry. I know you're going to hit a wall. But I've already conquered it. And there's nothing too big for me. So when we're looking at our lives and our situations, take your eyes off the facts. And focus on the truth. And by day one, it's kind of hard. Like first day. My dad says first day, worst day. So the first day you try to like just focus on the truth, it'll be a little hard. But by the second day, it'll be a little easier. And by like the end of the week, you'll be walking in confidence thinking, no, no matter what's thrown at me, no matter what happens, the truth is I have a God who's already paved the way, who, who I can do this with no matter what's happening in your life. So I would just encourage you this week to, to focus on what the truth is because even if you just focus on this verse in Lamentations, that's, that's truth enough to say there's hope because my God loves me. Um, so as I was going through this season of re-picking up pieces, I had this song that was like kind of my anthem, and it's called I Have a Hope. And it, it just talks about how no matter what, God's not done with you because um, he has a plan. And it says... Um, there's still hope for me today because the God of heaven loves me. And so while I was trying to gather these pieces, that's all I would remember. That even though I was upset because I was picking up broken pieces from what I thought my life was supposed to look like, um, that my, my God still loved me and it was okay. Um, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on all your own understanding in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths i think this this verse is saying (laughs) give me your broken pieces give me those areas of your life trust me in all things um which is not always easy to say here god have these pieces right But the first part, he's saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart, not like half of your heart, not like the majority, 99% of your heart. No, he's saying all your heart and hand over your pieces. I don't think it's, or yeah, 
Jesus was a carpenter, and I think that's like kind of goes hand in hand because Jesus is the ultimate builder. Like these broken pieces to me, I look at them and think, this is going to take me forever, right? But Jesus looks at them and thinks, hey, that's nothing for me. I, I build. The broken pieces are the ones that God wants us to give him first. And the cross is our greatest representation of that. He went to the cross for our lowest of lows. Um, when we think we are at the bottom, Jesus says, no, I went lower. And I, I paid for those right here. Um, John 3.16, it's a verse you've probably all heard if you've spent any time in the church. But I don't think it's one that should um, be overlooked. It says, for God so loved the world. If we just stop there, the world today is broken. There's people murdering people. It is a mess, but it was a mess then too when Jesus walked the earth. And so this verse isn't saying, first, God so loved the world, like the people who were doing good or just like the Gunnison County because most people go to church or whatever. It's saying he loved the whole thing, broken or not broken. Um, That he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And if we go back to that that word whoever, it's just like the word, word the world. Like it's not saying like whoever prays the most, whoever comes to church the most, whoever tithes the most. No, it's saying whoever. Like you all fall under that category no matter what your life looks like or what pieces you're carrying. And I think that we we can't forget that. Um Jesus died for us, and he wants us to share every aspect of our lives with him. Um, Just like the verse in Proverbs says, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Acknowledge him, and he will do the building for you. Um, So this was kind of a slap in the face to me because I spent about a year of my life gathering pieces. And it wasn't until I realized that this life, I wasn't going to have it. Until I said, okay, God, here are my pieces. I, like about a year and a half ago, I got a job offer in Colorado Springs. And it seemed like a great job offer because it would lead me back to this. And my parents encouraged me to pray about it and really do what God wanted to, like, do in my life. Um, So I did. And I realized that's not where God wanted me. But I had no idea where God wanted me. So I, I read the verse in Isaiah. Isaiah 25, 9 says, Surely this is our God. We trusted him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. So I was at this time in my life where I had no idea what to do. I was back in Gunnison where I didn't want to be. And I had a way out. And I had a way to build this again. And I held my pieces and looked at them and realized that I've already tried to build this once and it didn't work out. So maybe the next option would be to give all my pieces to God and say, do what you will. And so that's what I did. I literally took this whole puzzle of all these pieces and laid them down at the cross and said, I don't want this. I can't do this. They're yours. Build, build what you want to build. And I left him the pieces, but I held on to this. I said, God, here's my pieces, but this is ultimately what I want. I ultimately want this life, right? And he was like, Quincy, no, you're wrong. If you're going to give me your pieces, you need to give this. 
So slowly but surely, I gave this to you. And I said, God, God, do what you will. Here I am. Use me no matter what that looks like. Um, and this is what he gave me. If you want to pull up that image. This is my squad. This is a photo taken on my 23rd birthday. And I think it's not ironic that it was taken on my birthday because at age 23, I thought I would have that life. And at age 23, God said, no, I'm going to give you this life. I'm going to give you not three kids that you want. I'm going to give you 80 kids <laughs> that, that come to you at all hours of the day, at all hours of the night. And this is going to be your life. And this is the best thing in my life. This is the reason I wake up every morning. God said, here, <laughs> here's this group of middle school and high school students. And not only a group of students, but a team. He gave me a best friend who just so happens to be a youth leader too. And he gave me leaders who love children and who are willing to work 10-hour shifts and then come to a lock-in literally like right after and stay up for 12 hours with kids that don't want to sleep. He, <laughs> he gave me this, this great image and it wasn't until I said, God, I don't want any of this. Here are my pieces. Please build for me that he gave me this. And when I laid everything down at the cross, it was so clear that this is where I was supposed to be, that I couldn't do any of this without God. If, if you would have met me two years ago, I would have never been up here. I would have never told you I would work in my dad's church. I would have never said I would work in a church. I did not want this. I wanted that life. But when it's funny when you give God your pieces, when you say, take what you take these pieces and do what you want with them, He gives you something that you could never know how to ask for. This is the best blessing I have ever received. And I would have never even known how to like begin to pray for that. Um, so today, going back to that puzzle piece, when you walked in, there's a puzzle piece on your chair. Pick up that piece. Think of what this piece means to you. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're, maybe you're holding them all. And maybe you're just tired of holding them all, and that's okay. Because the, the cross, you can always lay down your pieces at the cross. Maybe it's just one or two areas in your life that you're holding on to. Let that piece on your chair represent what it is. If you need to write on it, there's, there's pencils in the back of your chairs, you can, you can write on it if it's one thing. If you can hold it and know what that, what that piece is or what that area of in your life is, then just hold it and know. But today, you do not have to walk out of here with any pieces. Even if, you're, even if your life, even if you're like me at the end of my junior year when you had all the pieces and it was going to be so great, you don't have to walk out of here because I can promise you that if you're focusing on your image of what you want your life to look like, God has a one that's so much better. And I can only say that because I know that from experience because of this, this puzzle, because of this life that I have been given. Um, so as the worship team comes up, and if Grayson and Val wouldn't mind coming up, um, Grayson and Val are two of my uh, youth group volunteers, and I think... It's cool that God gave me this team. And so if you guys need prayer today, they're available, available for you. Um, 
after surrendering all my pieces, I found my greatest joy. Um, And today that can be you too. So think, hold your puzzle piece and think of what that means. What pieces in your life, what areas in your life are you still holding on to? Are you still gripping saying, I can't give this to you. You can. He understands, he knows, and he wants to hold them. Jesus wants to be your builder. We just have to let him be our builder. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the ultimate builder. We thank you that even though we don't know what our life looks like, you do. We ask today that you hold our pieces, that you become our builder, Lord. If there are people here that need to surrender their pieces or maybe their entire puzzle, just like I did, allow them to do that. But we thank you that you can hold them all and that we don't have to. In your name we pray. So you can come and lay your pieces down at the cross and walk out of here completely transformed, knowing that you don't have to take any of them out of here with you.